0: welcome to the oh dear podcast my name is christian durian senior vice president of the oh dear podcast oh dear nation oh dear limited and all subsidiaries there and therefore of which unto today as always with me are my hosts not co-hosts my hosts friends Mm -hmm. my host friends nick whitmer and brett Rabel.
1: oh yeah we're always always an honor to be introduced by you christian (laughs) thank you every (laughs) single time
0: i take the time and effort to uh I, i did a podcast and uh, uh, Luke Thayer's podcast, and he does like such a nice intro. Like he he does all your plugs for you before you, <laughs> as he introduces you, mm-hmm. and it's like a really nice discipline thing that I will not do for it either can, of you.
1: <laughs> I, I, it kind of feels good, doesn't it? Like it does. Oh. It feels like
0: I, you're like I have done some stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I got a hot shit going on. <sighs> I feel like uh, the sentence, I did a podcast, can be the new, uh, like, if someone tells a story that goes nowhere, you know how you say, and then I found five dollars, Yeah, I think, <laughs> and then I did a podcast, could yeah. maybe be, like, the new version of that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't saying that's what your story was, Christian. I, I thought that was a fun, enjoyable mini-anecdote for the record.
0: Yes. Well, I thought so, too, and I thought that it could virus us into an area, but now you ruined it.
1: Well, here's so, what I'll say. Have here's to artificially- what I will say. No, I actually, I actually do not like that saying that people think is funny to say that. And then I found. Oh, and then did you find five dollars? I hate it because, like, it's annoying because you're like, well, hey, at least I tried to tell a story. You fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, what? You just get to sit back and be a king. And like, yeah. sorry. Me just talking wasn't entertaining enough for you. Like it's annoying. You tell a story then.
2: Yeah. Have you ever started that story story, wasn't good enough. Yeah. You ever start telling a story and you realize it sucks, then you just start lying. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm gonna make I'm gonna make this good. (laughs) Like I don't care if they believe it or not, but See that's my fatal
0: flaw. I don't lie in stories. mm -hmm. So like there's no (laughs) there's no embellishment and it like I just tell boring stories. Like, I didn't realize you're supposed to lie a little bit (laughs) to to make stuff entertaining. It's like
1: uh, embellishing, is all you know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, like, uh, you know, if ever I'm having a story that isn't interesting, I'm just like, yeah. And then my friend Nick Whitmer cheated on his wife. um. (laughs) (laughs) See, my move is to be like, as soon as I see their
2: eyes avert and like go in another direction, you clear, and then I'll just be like, yeah. And then OJ Simpson walked in. (laughs)
0: and told me he did it, but no one would believe me. And then he left.
1: (laughs) I I, I get it. We got to get OJ Simpson on that app cameo. You know that where you can book celebrities to do like a birthday shout out for a buddy. We got to get OJ. I'm surprised he's not on it because I would like to book him and just OJ. All I want you to do is to just two seconds say, I did it. (laughs) <laughs> That's all I want from your cameo, OJ.
0: You can pause as long as you want in between those three words. But <laughs> <laughs> I bet he, if I was OJ, not if I was OJ, but if if he it was a, <laughs> if I did it, no, if OJ he was like,
1: like me, <laughs>
0: if he was hilarious, uh-huh. even though this would be so distasteful, yeah, he would like walk up, walk into parties and like uh just whispering people's ears stranger's ears and just go i did it and then walk <laughs> away you <laughs> <I laughs> would like, yeah. be like the new bill murray uh, yeah. yeah right
2: how hilarious would it be like he said that after he uh got off or whatever for not doing for killing him and whatever he said he's gonna like find the killer what if like Randomly, two years from now, he undercovers. he like comes up with a guy who actually did it. Yeah, <laughs> like, <God. See? laughs> it's like the <laughs> biggest serial podcast of all time.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing. I heard, uh, there was like this conspiracy theory that his son did it.
2: Yes, his son, I heard about that. Yeah, too.
0: and he like, uh, his son did it, so he you know, covered up for his son. And uh, I was like, dude, if that came out and that ha- like, if that was the case, that would be it would be bigger than the actual trial itself.
1: <laughs> yeah. What is, how, what is, what is the theory? Obviously, other than like, give me a little more details or context on that. Uh,
0: I don't know. I really don't. I just know I've read it like, you know, years ago, basically that like, there's a detective who is working on the case who believes that OJ's son did it instead of OJ and that OJ found out and then basically took the blame for his son doing it. But yeah. then like you watch I hate YouTube videos, especially YouTube conspiracy theory videos that are like, um, that like have footage of OJ getting exonerated. And then they're like, look at his son's face. You can tell he did it. And like his son just has like this smile. He has like kind of a dead smile. And like, they're like, look, you see, he's so guilty. (laughs)
1: Like that's not how it works. They're doing a slow zoom in on the face with that. Exactly. Music fades (laughs) to gray or black and white. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It freeze frames in gray. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, people always forget and it's like the QAnon thing Is like there, like There's always Like you could say that you know There's this secret pedophile ring that was running Everything and the military Tried to pick a candidate Urge a candidate to run so they could Clean it all up and it had to be an outsider And they chose Trump It's like everything there You could maybe make an argument For if you're crazy Until you get to and then they chose Trump like <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's like O.J. Simpson is famously an egomaniac. You think he would take the fall for his own son? No, mm. he would be like, "Yeah, get in the prison, bro." You're you yeah. disgusting.
0: <laughs> like
2: he's like the, he's that guy, a hundred percent over. They made a whole documentary about this dude. Like he he wasn't like this. He had a squeaky clean image in the press. People like to think of him as like this good guy, but behind the scenes, he was very much like a Cosby in the sense that. He was a shitty guy. He beat the shit out of Nicole all the time. He was a liar, manipulator, a cheater. He's like, he's a big piece of shit. So the idea that he would selflessly allow himself (laughs) to be take the fall for his son is just so absurd.
0: (sighs) Well, I still believe it. I saw the video, dude. You didn't see
1: his
2: face like I did. (laughs) Yeah, what
0: you guys,
1: dude. (laughs) What you guys are failing to, what you guys don't get is, and this goes even—it's deeper than you think. It is OJ is Q. I think it's broader. OJ is QAnon from the QAnon conspiracy.
2: Yeah, if OJ Simpson sucked up to Trump, he definitely would have got a pardon. <laughs> Trump pardoned everybody, dude. Anybody who said a nice thing about Trump, Little Wayne pardon. got a pardon. <laughs> like, come I on, love, dude.
0: I, I posted this on Instagram, but it is hilarious that the his most loyal, diehard people that went to the Capitol and got literally arrested for him did yeah. not get a pardon. Yeah, <laughs> they're the only people that didn't get a pardon. He pardoned rappers. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> it's
1: pretty funny <laughs> because those folk don't actually have. Any like they don't really have a uh, anything for Trump like as a group, therefore like it helps could help Trump or help them but like it's not like any one of them has social capital that Trump enjoys being around yeah, you know what I mean lil Wayne is a massively famous influential entertainer so like <laughs> it is valuable to be buddies with him
0: mm-hmm. yeah, the Trump people are like. <laughs> the Trump people are like, open my comics that have a bar show that you're nice to. And then <laughs> once you start getting to clubs, you don't have to be nice to them.
1: Anymore.
0: <laughs> Not my experience, but
1: <laughs> can you, um, can you, uh, like get a pardon from a president, but like for the future? Like <laughs> you know I owe mean? you like, pardon. Yeah, like all right, I haven't committed any crimes yet, but I might, and I'd like to cash it in. You know, you know, maybe in a few years when I do some mouthies and.
0: They should give it to somebody who's done like something really good, like you know, a Mother <laughs> Teresa, a Greta Thunberg. Like you get a part, a yeah, a pre-pardon.
1: Wow. You put Greta at the same, uh, wow. Sure. Why not? She's really getting the idolized status. You know who's getting the idolized status? I am so against idolizing anyone younger than me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Amanda Gorman, the, uh, poet laureate. Uh, oh, yeah. I guess I don't even know what laureate means. I just know it follows the word poet. Sure. But, um, Amanda Gorman, the the young, I think she's 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. She did the poem that I never saw at the inauguration. And then she also did a poem at the Super Bowl, uh, which I'll be real. I watched her Super Bowl poem, and I'm going to go on the record and say, not that good. It was like <laughs> – it was not a good – it's fine. It's good. It's like good. Like it's a poem. Yeah. but. You're like, it's like, these are, there's nothing that she was saying that was, to me, would have led to this person needs to be lifted up as like the godliest writer. Go ahead, Rick. Well, he, here's my hot take. I think all poems are all kind of garbage. <laughs>
2: there's, there's like, there's like three poems that have transcended the garbage to be like, okay, those are fine. But like. <laughs> For it to be – a a poem is like a personal thing that people study and then like come up with meanings behind. So it's like the value of it being good or not is if you can come up with a meaning to it or not. Mm -hmm. But like if it was good, it would just have a meaning. It wouldn't – you know what I mean? Like no one's sitting there like going like what did taxi driver really mean at the end or you know what I mean? Like it's just like no, we saw the story. There's some, you know, it's good and it, it's good. Like there's no like sitting here debating the arguments of like the shit. Like there's some movies that are like that. And I have a thing that like, I think all movies that are like that kind of suck where they're like, uh, they're not yeah. an enjoyable when we're sitting around here talking about what could have been or like maybe this was a symbol for that or this, that and the other. I think it was like, no, dude, it's, it's garbage. All, po- all
1: poems <laughs> suck. <laughs> in, in her defense, I will defend her and say making a hyper compelling uh football-ish adjacent poem is a tougher slog than the poem she probably did at the inauguration that I bet was very good. Yeah, by the way though, how how much of a tough job is that for a
2: poet? You like they she wrote a poem about the Capitol Raids and it was really good, so they're like, hey, let's have her read that poem. Whoa. So she goes up and reads it, and then someone's like, okay, well, now the Super Bowl's happening. Have a write one about the Super no, Bowl. No, no. She's like, tr- wait, what?
1: No, <laughs> like, I got to write it. a poem about the Super Bowl? Wait, she had booked the Super Bowl before the inauguration. I'm not no, I'm not fucking with you. I'm, like, 95% sure, just because you never want to say 100. But uh, I, like... There are, she had booked the Super Bowl before becoming like a national phenomenon uh, from the inauguration, which made me – I heard that and I go, hmm, someone's got some powerful parents. So like, <laughs> I'll be, I'll, and I'm going to go and say she is like – powerful parents contribute. I, I bet Greta Thunberg has some powerful parents. I think all these kids, Billy Eilish, their parents are just bonkers powerful
2: yeah i I think that there is a lot to that, and like you never hear it and then you'll hear an interview or something like I, I i I wish I could pinpoint it. I heard an interview where somebody who was like very famous was talking about how their dad was something, and I was like like is that a coincidence that this motherfucker's dad was like the the best defense, you know what I mean like the lawyer or something like someone who had all this influence in society, and it's like not to say that. Uh, you know it, the person who made it is not talented and you know use whatever connection you have but i i do think that like there is a lot to that some people well, having especially child uh
1: oh it's like showbiz related stuff for a hundred percent
0: well if you're like a kid and you grow up in la your chances of being an actor are way better than like some 22 year old that moves there from minnesota like Just because you know people in the city that you're trying to get jobs in.
1: It's in even, yeah, just being around it and like having relationships, which is kind of the like a massive component of it is just having existing relationships. Mm -hmm. That's just going to propel you forward. Not to mention, let's be real, like the capital that someone generates from like, oh shit, I want Will Smith in my next movie. Okay, let me put Jade in, in this one. Right.
2: <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
1: Like <laughs> I can get to Will through his fourteen year old son maybe next time. Yeah. I um, don't know. I, I uh I, I I don't and I just get annoyed when I see interviewers lavishing praise on anyone children. even <laughs> one day younger than me. Yeah, I mean it's like it's all there's she's not like no I don't know. No one is a genius until they've proven it on a massive scale for many, many, many years. And so I just get annoyed when, like, 40-year-old interviewers are almost, like, going, like, we're not worthy. We're not <laughs> worthy to this 21-year-old kid who's talented, connected, maybe, probably, and and lucky. But talented. I'm not like acting like an asshole here.
2: Yeah. But like, not like to speak on Greta Thornburg in particular, like, I don't know how she had the platform to talk to people at the United Nations. Because, by the way, like, when I was 15 or 16, I was like a really annoying young idealist who like had all these grand ideas about how the world could be better. Like, I was like, at that point in time, I think it was more like to do with like the war in Iraq and shit like that than it was climate change. But that was, that was on my radar too in high school. And I remember like writing papers and like, you know, doing all this shit about like, so like if you took 15 year old me and put them at the United Nations to like hey tell all these rich people about climate change I could have done that too. So like my question is is like where did she get the the how did she get the the gig I guess is Who all Who books
1: that? Who books that, Like <laughs> Who books like, that? Really <laughs> like
2: that's what we have to understand though cuz the, the Greta Thornburg, like come up and like some organic way to where people are like, no, this woman needs to be, this girl needs to be at the United Nations. Uh, uh, she needs to tell her, but I mean, I don't know how she did it. I mean, maybe it was, maybe she like won an essay contest and then like they had her do it. I have no idea. I have no ideas, but it's, uh, I feel like being young and idealistic and like thinking the world could be better and having contempt for the older generations is like a very normal thing for like a lot of teenagers. (laughs)
0: yeah i think um a couple of things as far as like poetry i think that i think there is value in poetry in the sense that like it's basically just coming up with word combinations that describe other things and you're like oh wow that was like an interesting way to put that and there's a lot of i can't think of one off the top of my head but there's a lot of stuff that come that has come from poems that we use all the time like just you know uh i can't think of one up like it would be something like um I won by a mile or something like that. Like the first time somebody said that, you're like, holy shit, that's a pretty good way of saying that. So there's, (laughs) I think there's like a million other versions of that, right?
2: Yeah, Um, I'm just saying, put a beat
1: behind it, and I'll listen to it. (laughs) uh, uh, Yeah, you are right. Like, There is a poem, the phrase gay as fuck, that originated
0: (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Oh, dear.
1: No, I'm serious. That was actually originally a Pablo Neruda poem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, As far as the Amanda Gorman thing, I think uh, if it's true that she booked the Super Bowl first, it's probably like an instance of like... You hear about this all the time, and like Hollywood and stuff, where like nobody's interested until somebody's interested. So it's like, (laughs) like the Super Bowl, people were like, "All right, let's give this uh, this kid a a a shot." And then the inauguration, people are like. Oh, she's doing the Super Bowl. We gotta get her first. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like when the tonight show finds out you, you're a guest and the late show wants you first. You gotta yeah. do our show first. Um, and then as far as Goethe Thunberg, like I always think it's it's so funny. Two things. I think it's so funny that like the big thing with her is she did this speech and she's like, You all should be ashamed of yourself and all this stuff. And then everybody, I might've said this before, but everybody always goes like, she is so inspiring and she's amazing. Let's make a documentary about her. Let's give her a peace prize. Let's, uh, you know, give her own show and all this stuff. And it's also, and you just go, Hey, is anybody doing anything about climate change? Cause that's like the thing They're <laughs> like, <laughs> if we give her a show, then we've solved climate change or something yeah. like, I don't like, it's all stupid symbolic well, stuff. That's but like it all would the people be, who,
2: could, who want to make money. I want to make a buck off of her. Right. And uh but yeah, no one no will address climate change. And I guarantee you like the production shoots are not gonna be like green. <laughs> like
0: it's gonna be like yeah.
2: there's gonna be fucking people throwing plastic bottles in garbage cans, their PAs, and they're like, it whatever, be, dude, we gotta get this fucking shot with fucking Greta today. Like it
0: would be funny if her mom is like a stage mom, like hanging out <laughs> in the United Nations. Like as she's giving her speech, you guys should be ashamed of herself. Like her mom is like mouthing the words like, off stage. Like,
1: like, and Mean Girls holding. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sweat, she's like she's like uh,
0: she like, uh Alice and Janney and fucking I Tonya <laughs> playing them all. Like <laughs> <laughs> what movie did I, I just saw? Some movie about like a child actor or something. Like goddamn, I can't think. I can't think of it now. Like. Um oh it was the Tiger Woods documentary. Did mm. you guys see that?
2: No, not yet. It's a Tiger, really good documentary
0: that. on Tiger Woods. And basically his dad was like just glued a golf club into his hands at like mm-hmm. five. And he's like, No, Tiger wants to do this. And then meanwhile, they have an interview with Tiger as like a five-year-old who's like, I need to go poo-poo. They're like, Do you <laughs> like golf? He's like, I need to go poo. It's kinda of, it's like really kind of sad. Yeah. And like it basically like breaks down kind of why he sort of imploded in that way because like golf is everything and then after a while you start losing it and then it's like, then what do, What am I if not this golf guy? Because um, that's who I've been since I was fucking five years old.
1: Fucking horn dog, man. What's wrong with that? Yeah, man. What did they have to say about the implosion where? Uh, a lot. you're like that was the document they didn't just talk about golf brad (laughs) well it's
0: interesting because like the first it's a two-part documentary and they're both like three hours i think so the first part is all about like him as a kid to like his huge his biggest success is like winning all the golf tournaments that he won in that one year or span or whatever it was um so it's like his ascent and then like the very last frame of the first uh the last shot of the first part is like Rachel tell sitting down. She's like, so what do you want to talk about? And it's like, boom, next time i tag a it weed." <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's so um, you know, orchestrated. But the second one is all about that. It's basically just going like his dad died and then he he got caught cheating. He started going to, he, he became so famous that he's just like hanging out with Michael Jordan, and Charles Barkley. All he does was, was go to Las Vegas because they would just like, they just treat you like a prince there because he's Tiger Woods. He has all the money in the world. He just goes there, fucks whoever. And, um, and like nobody tells or whatever. I, I don't know if they said hookers, but whatever, but no, they, they really was like, like he would go to a club and then like the club owner would be like, I would just get some girls who wanted a party like hot looking girls. And they would party with Tiger Woods and they would go in his room and he was just like, fuck girls. And then he just got married for, I don't even know why maybe for his image, but, or maybe he just, he actually really loved her or whatever, but like he got married, had kids and then, but he just kept going to Vegas and fucking just fucking women also telling them, telling them that he loved them and stuff. And like, just like being like weirdly relationship, like not being cool about it. You know what I mean? Not just being like, yeah, I mean, this is what it is. I got a wife and kids. Don't fucking text me. He would be like, oh, you're so perfect.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, that does hurt your heart a little bit.
0: (laughs) And then he got caught and then like, he started having like physical injuries and all this stuff. And well, then he, he would eventually-
1: run in combat boots, right? Because he wanted to be a member of the military or something. He wanted to be a Navy well, SEAL. Yeah,
0: yeah. Once his dad died, because his dad was in the military. So once his dad died, he, that's like when he started like spinning a little bit, mm-hmm. and he went to boot camp for some reason, and then just like really fucked his body up, I guess, um, from it. And then that's when he really started like going down in golf because his body was just giving out on him. Plus, he's just getting older.
1: Here's my thing. I have a question. Like, what what is it that like like famous people are like? All right, we're now just going to be like friends. Like, why would you become friends with Michael Jordan in a way? i mean because like the only person no, no. who
2: the only person who understands the so- right the that's true. That's a good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I heard this one. Or, uh, this one thing. I think George Harrison or Paul McCartney said it about. Um, being in the Beatles and he was like, the good thing was that there were four of us. So we each all knew exactly what the other was going through because we were all experiencing at the same time. He's like, when we met Elvis, it was really sad because there was only one Elvis and like, nobody could relate to it. So he's just like in his own, he's on Pluto all the time because nobody understands what it's like to be Elvis. He's like, but with the four of us, it's like, we could always have somebody to like, understands, that there's like- Not
1: to mention someone that like the fun of sharing bonk like insane success with, right? Like, yeah, on the ascent. Whereas Elvis was just on an island at all times. I that yeah. is a good point that people like only a tiny a portion of people have experienced what that life is like. So you yeah. could talk about it.
0: And especially with, like, Michael Jordan and Tiger, they were, like, the, the guys of their sport. So they, like, understand what it is to be the guy of your sport. And um, I remember <laughs> the comedian documentary with Jerry Seinfeld at the end when he goes to visit Bill Cosby. And uh, Cosby's basically – they're just having that moment where Cosby's sort of describing of, like, you're in – Cosby's kind of telling Seinfeld, like, you're kind of in the club now of, like – like hank aaron of comedy like when they, those old sports guys sit together and talk about like man that one game i hit the shit out of that ball meanwhile cosby was talking about i ripped the hell out of all those ladies <laughs> but um but basically yeah, that it's like you you i think chris rock said it, he's like you're part of the x-men now like you you're in the, the yeah. justice the hall of the justice league hall the hall of justice i don't know why i couldn't say that but that's basically what it is, I think. You just but hang that- out with famous people because
1: thats what like was odd to. M- I had this thought recently because, um, there was that video from a kind of related to a bit of mine of a bunch of celebrities did a joke like they did the prank joke I talked about on stage, and I'm not one to be like it was stolen from me because I think many people could think of it, but um. What I thought of it, it was Kenny Smith, who is an NBA commentator. uh, Like, the joke I had is you call your friends and then just go, hey, man, now's not a good time. I'm busy, like, not a good time for me to talk. And then hang up on them. Uh And a bunch of, like, celebrities did that, and they recorded them calling or FaceTiming their friends. And Kenny Smith, who's an NBA commentator, who by and large – I mean, Kenny Smith is kind of famous, like, but he's not like, I don't think people who don't know NBA know who Kenny Smith is.
2: Yeah. Yeah, If Kenny Smith's walking down the street, only like a certain portion of people who like really love basketball will go, oh yeah, that's Kenny Smith.
1: Right. Whereas when Shaq does it, Shaq is universally Uh, every 100% of the population pretty much knows Shaq. He's also 100%.
0: 7 foot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he, he is also striking 7 foot and enormous. Yeah. Um, which I have high five Shaq, separate story. But um it was funny cuz like it felt like like Shaq called in his version he called people I didn't recognize that I better like family members, like a son or something, nephew or something. Kenny Smith was calling Adam Sandler like Chris Rock And I just was like, "Is he like? Are they actually friends? What? (laughs) Like, it just didn't make sense to me." And like, who the? How do you become friends with that guy and then answer his FaceTimes at a dime's notice? I don't know. I'm rambling.
0: I think they're like, well, Sandler will rock. I know. And, but Sandler probably too is like, a, they're big basketball fans. Right. So yeah. if you, they probably watch a lot of BSPN and they probably watch, you know, whatever this guy, I didn't even know what this guy does, quite frankly, like you probably already explained, but I tuned out. Um, cause that's how much I give a shit about, uh, Kenny Smith. Um, uh, hey, but thanks
1: for telling me you tuned out. Uh, on a <laughs> <laughs> well, did, no, he's supposed to be tuned in. <laughs>
0: I, I just have no awareness of like what I know, I know. this guy does, but, um, NBA yeah. analyst
1: for, okay. That's, he was that's what I thought, good, but wasn't world beater good. Like Charles Barkley or Shaq yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. Right. Good, right. Good, so good NBA career. Yeah.
0: So if they watch ESPN all the time, they're probably like, uh, um, I heard this story about Chris rock where Val Kilmer was watching Chris Rock's special one day and he like called him up. He's like, Hey, you want to go to a Laker game? And Chris rocks like, the f- don't just like, who
1: are We're not friends. <laughs> like,
0: what do you think? Cause we're famous. We're going to hang out. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah,
1: That is that. Then that's what it stems from. Like yeah, but that's honest. what
0: famous people do.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. And that's what I wonder. I'm like, Oh, I will be honest. I guess for the sake of a story, you go, like, maybe I would hang out with him. But then I don't know how interesting it would be. Like, I would rather go to a Laker game with you guys than just Taylor Lautner. Like, I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm going to, like, probably laugh with him. It'll be like a date where I'm just – a bad date where I'm just (laughs) asking questions. Where would you go to school and where are you from and all that? The thing is, too, is, like –
2: celebrities like it's obviously like the Val Kilmer story is different but like the Kenny Smith thing is like people don't realize and this is where like the deep state stuff comes from and it's like oh, it's, not, n- it's not not true but it's also not anywhere near the degree in which people talk about it but like It's like people in politics all went to the same colleges. They pledged at the same fraternities. They golf at the same country clubs. They know each other. And it's like celebrities are the same way. It's like after parties, you know, there's fucking everybody's invited to, you know, Adam Sandler's post film do whatever Pedophile. you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's like kenny smith shows up what if that's and then that's how the they get to know each other it's
1: like <laughs> what if that's on the flyer is hey guys we got the pedo bash 2020 this year <laughs> uh, kenny Chris, Smith's like ooh, <laughs> you gotta bring the wine coolers no I, that you are right that is uh just like what are the how the fuck what are those circles and are they fun but yeah, well, there's I
2: mean, like, we're like f- yeah. I mean, you go to an it, SNL after party. Like I've been to two, and like I've just fucking Machine Gun Kelly's hanging around because he knows Pete Davidson. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's like a bunch of other actors that are there because they know someone else there, and it's you know it's it's that's how all that that whole world works.
0: Yeah. Also, if you're a fan, if you're just a uh, if you're a celebrity you're you're also still a fan of stuff like so you you just have access to like pete davidson's probably a fan of machine gun kelly and then they just met and he's like oh yeah, yeah i like your comedy too man oh this is sick man and they just hang out i'm sure but yeah. like you know that's probably what happened with chris rock and kenny smith and adam sandler like they're just like oh i like your i watch your show man oh dude i love your comedy Yeah,
2: and the Val Kilmer story is like Val Kilmer Kilmer has literally grown up like to have a life where all he has to do is pick up the phone and get whatever he wants. Yeah. So he sees Chris Rock and he's like, oh, yeah, I know Chris Rock's agent. So I'll just call him and be like, yo, let's hang out. And also he probably –
0: yeah, exactly. He's probably like, I'm sure he wants to meet me. Yeah, I'm Val <laughs>
2: Kilmer.
0: Come on. <laughs> Which is the funniest part of that story. <laughs> um, but yeah, celebrities hang out with each other, man. Um,
1: I'm telling you guys, yeah, I would circus. rather hang out with both of you. So, you know, uh, I feel like we haven't addressed the real elephant in the realm.
0: Wait, and- before you say this, because yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. who's Who do you think would be the worst celebrity hang?
2: um uh, oh um, easy uh, 30 seconds to mars dude what the fuck is <laughs> jared, leto. Jared, jared, leto. <laughs> jared leto jared leto is easily the most <laughs> annoying celebrity in existence <laughs> top top one like no debate what insufferable
1: i i only know like because everything joker. In that,
2: yeah because everything about him and everything that he's ever done or made that's how i know about about him
0: I feel like he would ask you, he goes, oh, so where are you from? And then you start answering and he would start checking his phone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, that is a great answer. Uh, the type of guy who, yeah. would, when he's cast to play the Joker, would like mail his co-stars like a dead rat or some shit.
0: Yeah. 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 The
1: person who would think that would be a cool idea and like, aren't I? Challenged and edgy would be a person who would probably also suck to be around
2: yeah I think it was like someone like Adam Sokol or something like that tweeted something I thought was so funny is um when the new Joker was announced with uh Joaquin Phoenix uh and they showed like his first, the first face painting picture of it. And like Adam Sokol tweeted like, but how do we know he's not damaged since it's not <laughs> written on his forehead? <laughs> and I'm just like, that's everything that's about really that funny. Joker. It's like, so it's just like he, it's the opportunistic sh- sh- fucking smarmy Hollywood guy who saw all the accolades that fucking uh, Heath Ledger got. And then he tried to just repeat it. And he just tried to cash in on the celebrity points of being the weird guy and doing all the weird things. It's like the most transparent, obvious fucking thing I've ever seen. And he sucks.
1: That's I got I got one. Are you ready? Yeah, I and I Jonah Hill today. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Like, I think Jonah Hill like eight years ago would be like, oh, this is like a fun, funny dude who like, yeah. doesn't take himself too seriously. But Jonah Hill today where he's like, okay, I got to be an auteur now. Like, enough fun and games. Like, I'm (laughs) for
2: real. One of the most uncomfortable things, and you should look it up. It's a podcast on Fresh Air with Terry Gross. She interviews Jonah Hill, and they're talking about all this stuff. And then out of nowhere, she, like, basically, like, traps him about super bad jokes and about how they're insensitive to women. And -hmm. just, like, listening to, like, the automatic uh, press release apology – Mode that he just shifts into automatically is just like you just roll your eyes, like yeah. It's so like why couldn't he be like yeah, dude? I was like twenty two, and I thought it was funny at the time because I was twenty two, and we made it, and everybody, and no one was offended by it. And then, I mean, and if you were, certainly you were in the minority. But okay. Dude. but it's like clearly also, had to go into like that. Oh well, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, do good like the all of the fucking the fucking cliche things like oh, this is a um a teaching moment and like all of the things that you have to say in the press release.
0: The thing that's really annoying about even her like slamming him for that is like that movie was about how like 16 17 year olds in high school talk yeah it's like and the fact that it resonated and made that much money means you know it resonated to people and they found some truth in it
1: yeah so so written by 17 year old seth rogan like right I think yeah. he wrote when he was in his teens so like i don't know man <laughs> Like,
0: that's what's you, funny about you
1: it you have characters that especially kids like our teenagers that talk like teenagers it like i that i wish someone would have had it sucks because there's probably the pressure to not make a thing of it and yeah if it just you apologize and it's an interesting press release terry gross i don't know the specific but her asking that question is more about her terry gross is a woman right Yeah, Yeah. I've never uh, that's more about her than it is about anything. That's her wanting to feel like I am so like tolerant. Well,
2: of course, it's like in the in the it's right in the the climate of me, too. And this, that and the other. And it's like you want to catch people and you like I think it's 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 a very shitty thing to do. It's like trying to catch somebody in a lie, almost. Where you're like, "Oh yeah, Jonah Hill, you claim to be this. Well, in this thing, you said this." And when I think, you, like, you
0: he, he should have been captured, like, "Yeah, I know. I watched yeah. the movie. I was playing a
2: seventeen-year-old. What? That's how seventeen-year-olds talk in the mid two thousands. Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, the, it's honest. That's the like. I was listening to Tarantino talk about this with um, Django he's like the movie took place in 1858 yeah people said the n-word then i'm being honest about making a movie in 1858 like i like it's such a disservice to anything if you're making a period piece and then you just like water it down to like not be like it is in 1858, then why don't you like make all the characters wear updated clothes then? Because the clothes back then were shitty. So like, why don't you change also like the, you know, this, that, and the other about him? Why don't you change this about him? Like, why don't you just, you know what I mean? Like, let's make all the slaves white and all the the slave owners black. Who cares? Let's just change everything because it's better.
1: If that was done as an artistic choice, like that could be interesting. Like doing that Mm -hmm. with intentionality. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. just like spitballing but um, Christian, you have a great like uh, you've just told me I think conversationally a joke about when in period pieces like 1800 <laughs> yeah. period pieces that tackle or about slavery. Like the one people I'll let, I'll let you kind of say that the idea.
0: Oh no, it just bugs me. Like very, like it's, it's kind of a more recent phenomenon phenomenon because of like how PC things get. But like now in racist movies, especially like in the fifties or something, they'll never use like racist. People never use the N word. They'll call Black people spooks and stuff. I'm like, no, he didn't say that. Oh, like, yeah. he, he didn't call him a spook. He's like, well, I mean, look, I'm not that racist. It's <laughs> 1950, and blacks have no rights. But I'm not going to go there. They weren't
1: <laughs> respectful about the slur they chose. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, don't, let me choose a less disrespectful slur. Yeah, that yeah. yeah. it. always be. It's every, so stupid. Every movie has one enormous historical inaccuracy. And that is no one should have teeth that nice. Every movie movie that's about anything pre 2000 where people have beautiful sparkling white smile. Like you think fucking everyone in the 1850s had these perfectly manicured crest whiteified set of chompers. Fuck no. (laughs) Everybody
0: has veneers (laughs) in 1861. Yeah yeah the dental care um but yeah that that so bugs me about fucking movies when they do that shit like and and you know what that's really annoying that she said that because it's like she's so far away from that like i i don't know her i don't know if she has kids but if she does, it's like your kids talk like that, I'm sorry. Yeah, and she like, doesn't. I,
2: but that's even more so. Is like well, I think your point is is like that movie's not for a 58 year old feminist single woman who's right. You know what I mean? Like the, the movie had a target audience, and like you might be appalled by the way that they talk, but that's on, there's honesty in the way
1: that that's how kids talk. So
2: just
0: yeah, just because that's not how they talk at the New Yorker parties that you go to. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like
1: it's, but that relates to the whole the the broader thing is that relates to the. Component of jokes where people apply someone's morality or goodness to not yeah. doing uh, what could be construed as dicey, racy, or offensive jokes, which is really stupid. Like you can make a around your friends or in a movie, you can make a rape joke and still be a good person. Those two things can exist. Well,
0: like, I don't believe that, Brett.
1: that's because you're gay Uh, (laughs) whoa 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 I just wanted to say something egregiously offensive not egregiously but you know what I mean though like you can make offensive jokes and be a good person it's really simple you don't need to apologize for them
0: yeah the fact that you would the fact that you're making an offensive joke and you know it's a joke points out the fact that you know that there's a line of good taste and you're intentionally crossing it So that therefore you have a barometer of what is, if you just said what, like, you know, if you're just saying like, uh, I don't know, some horrible thing without like any humor or wit to it, then you don't know that it's, it's like, you know, taboo or even like socially unacceptable or whatever.
2: Yeah. And I think Um, the line that she said in that interview too, is that she's like, I remember seeing it at the time and being appalled by it. And it's like, okay, but let's, look at the, let's just like <laughs> just look a, at the the privilege that you have as someone who you were you're you are you in your 40s at, or 50s at the time I don't know how old she was when the movie came out you were educated you were on a talk radio show where you were constantly talking about the issues of the day and you were offended by something a seventeen year old <laughs> said, and that's supposed to mean anything. Like, of course, you were offended by it. That's the point. The point wasn't that he said the things that he said because they were like so goddamn true. And yeah, yeah. here he was like, trying to make a statement. <laughs> he wasn't making a statement like it's like the it, in particular, it was about this the 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 part where Jonah Hill's character was basically saying like, we have to have sex with these women, and if we get them drunk, we can have sex with them or whatever like that. And, like, basically, she was being applauded by that. But, like, what does that say? It's, like, what you're missing is, like, what does that say about a kid who's 17 who doesn't have enough self-esteem who thinks that the only way someone will have sex with them is if they're both hammered? And, by the way, that's the fucking lesson of the movie because – she the fucking girl Emma uh, Thomas or whatever, one of the Emma's Emma Stone, Emma Stone. S- says to fucking her like why did you think I had to be drunk in order for you to like me like that's part of it like the guy has low self-esteem because he's a fucking hormonal 16 year old kid so anyway it's just like and I also the other girl fucking super bad but like
0: <laughs> and also the other girl that wants to like get with Michael Sarah gets drunk first. Yeah. Like she thinks the same thing. She's yeah. like, uh, like we both have to be drunk
2: because they're really, uh, they're really scared to have sex for the first time. So they fucking yeah. use social lubricants like everybody else does. Here's, uh,
1: uh, here's the thing. I actually, there is a little bit part of me and I, I hope I, if I, I just hope to achieve success. Um, but I would love to be successful enough to get interviewed by Terry Crouse and then have her ask one of those questions and just get to go, bro, you stink. (laughs) Like, like, I'm sorry, you just kind of stink a little bit. I don't know what you want me to say. You're like, you just stink. And I just think it would be fun to tell one of these people who stinks that they stink, who, like, the holier-than-thou shit, just someone needs to just tell them you stink and intentionally talk to them with a little bit of that, like, dude language. That's just, I don't know. I would just trap
0: them. Like if they said something like that, like, well, that was really sexist. I was like, well, I think it's really racist that you're actually coming at me like that. (laughs) And She has no recourse whatsoever. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like it's racist, but whatever.
1: I think, well, Chris, (laughs) you can hit that card. You know, I'm pretty much the picture postcard of privilege, which also Mm. so is Terry Gross. But um, anyway,
0: but. I, and we, we dodged it before, but let's get to why we're really here.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, a game happened a day or two ago, and uh, yeah. I don't even know if Christian and I, we could literally take our headphones off and leave mm-hmm. the room. And Christian, what did you You wrote something hilarious on Facebook.
0: Oh, I said, <laughs> I can't wait for this next oh dear. Because after that game, I'm just going to set Whitmer to rant mode and then <laughs> put my mic on mute. <laughs> just let him go.
1: I mean, yeah. g- g- we the text to... message
0: we were getting during the game <laughs> were. <laughs> Were similar to the ones being uh, sent by Trump supporters on election night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm very happy to see Wit still alive. Like I'm really glad you made it through that game. Wit, let's get your first first takes. Go ahead.
2: My first take is yeah, a fucking course. That's how it happened. Like, mm-hmm. would anybody expect anything else? The only thing that I expected was <laughs> that Kansas City would make it a little bit more of a game. But I wrote about this two weeks ago. I said, this is what will happen. The Chiefs will inexplicably play the worst game they've ever played, apropos of nothing. They will make mistakes they never make. All of these things will happen. And somehow, Brady will get credit for it. Because when the guy lined up an inch and a half offsides on a field goal attempt... They called the fucking neutral zone infraction, even though he was about an inch off sides, and it literally impacted the play in zero, zero impact on the play. Another one, so that's a field goal attempt that they made the field goal, and then they took the field goal off the board and then gave him the ball five yards closer, and they go score a fucking touchdown. And, and then that becomes,
1: becomes a first down, correct?
2: Yeah, it becomes a first down, and... and- and then there's a fucking two-pass, interfer- three-pass interferences that were, like, literally a game before Tampa Bay played against Green Bay, the refs were purposely letting them play. So, tic-tac moments like that, they just kind of let it go. Well, in this... Game, every single tic-tac moment was called against the Chiefs. Tom Brady threw the ball out of the back of the end zone and they called pass interference. I'm like, the ball wasn't catchable. He wasn't, he was throwing it away because he was being rushed. Like, there's, it doesn't matter what happens with the receiver at that point. Like, he's and, throwing the ball away because he was rushed. The other one, like, it was, and it wasn't,
1: bad, even if it was in the zone of catchability, that way yeah. it wasn't like an egregious PI, right?
2: Yeah, and it's the thing is, like, all of these calls, like, you could technically say, yeah, okay, there was some contact there, but, like, every good referee, especially in the biggest game of the year, is not trying to make the game about them, and in the first half, the referees completely made a vendetta to call, and they had the talking points ready. I swear, it's like a conspiracy. Like, Tony Roma was like, well, you know, they the referees, you know, th- they said that Kansas City has been holding a lot this season. Well, then, so that you didn't call it then, and now you call it now in the biggest moment, why don't you call them earlier in the season? And maybe Kansas City doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, and then you ruin the whole game. to, to what to send a message to Kansas City because they held all year? <laughs> like what the fuck, shit This is a Super Bowl. What are you doing? So like, yeah, Tampa Bay deserved to win the game at the end of the day because the Chiefs really just didn't put any. They didn't. They just didn't get get around to making it. They didn't. They didn't play well in any capacity. But like the fact that Tom Brady gets a- any credit for this is to me is bananas. Like, first of all, let's go with like all of the luck that I've talked about in other podcasts, like the year, like all of his career, he's played in the worst division in, in football that no one ever called the worst division because of the, the Patriots are in it. But the other three teams were absolute disaster. So every year, you play your division opponents twice. So at, when he was a Patriot, he played six games that were literally 6-0 and every time. Every now and then 5-1 and one, if the Jets would upset them, but very rarely did that happen. It was literally 6-0. and So you're guaranteed, you're spotted six wins. You only have 10 other games. So if you go 5-5 five and five against the rest of the NFL, you're still getting into the playoffs and you're probably getting a home game. But since they had a great coach and Tom Brady is good, they would go like, you know, eight and four, or whatever, and they would fucking, they would they would get home field advantage throughout the whole playoffs. The one year, the one motherfucking year <laughs> that Tom Brady makes the playoffs, but as a a wild card team, doesn't get any home games. Is a year during a global fucking pandemic where there's nobody allowed to be in the stands. No one's <laughs> allowed to day. come to the games until Green Bay, where they have like twelve hundred people there. And then on top of all of that shit, guess who magically just gets home field advantage this year for the Super Bowl is Tom Brady. So he so the one year, the one fucking year he has to go on the road, it's the easiest it could possibly be and then at the end of it he gets to play the Super Bowl at home. Like how is this Tom Brady doing anything other than that's just the luckiest shit I've ever heard. Like that's so lucky that that happened to him and then he plays literally two playoff games in a row where he didn't even play well he didn't play well against the saints he didn't play well against green bay but the saints and green bay both just made colossal mistakes to lose both of those games is it just the pressure of playing against tom brady that makes people just do unconsciousable fucking terrible decision making is that what it is is that why he gets the credit because people just melt because they see his jawline and by the way you saw the pictures of this guy when in Super Bowls when he when he was like 24 years old. He looks better now. Like, how is his hair? How is his hairline better now? How is his jawline better? Like, how did? Like, what is what? Like, this is like the most, you know, satanic like baby adrenaline blood thing that gives the conspiracy any merit is like, how does this guy not on some drinking baby blood thing? Like, this guy looks. Insanely better at 43 than he does at 23?
1: How? How?
2: How? By the way, when he was at 23, he was considered handsome. So it's not like you know he like lost a bunch of weight or so. You know what I mean? So fuck this guy so fucking much. And the, and I this is what I did is in the middle at the as soon as I watched the third quarter and I saw that the Chiefs weren't going to make a game of it. I turned the game off, and I deleted social media off of my phone, and I haven't been on social media on my phone in any capacity. I checked Facebook on my desktop before the podcast. I saw Christian's thing. It was funny, um, and I just can't do it. I can't listen to the sycophantic people saying Brady's the GOAT because he has seven rings when literally the level in which he's played the position has never been any more, any higher than Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or anybody like that. So, like, th- in, in the Super Bowl is – is a team achievement. It's like if you if there is an individual achievement in sports, it's MVP awards and Peyton Manning has 5 and Brady has 3. And I think that's probably right. I think Peyton Manning in terms of playing the position was just a little bit better than Brady, but Brady's longevity in my opinion makes him better than Peyton in the long run and his head to head record whatever you can you can just go against you can take out head to head records in Super Bowls because it's literally a 22-man achievement. Like in, in in basketball, there's only five players on the floor. So, you know, you can call Michael Jordan the GOAT even though that's completely ambiguous too, because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has more points than Michael Jordan ever did. And he also has six rings. And then Bill Russell has 11 rings and six MVPs. And I don't know how Michael Jordan just gets auto goaded when there's those other two players. <laughs> but like, if you're just going by rings, at least in basketball, you can make an argument that like anytime Michael Jordan was on the floor, he was literally 20% of the fucking, um, the player on the field. But like in football, there's 22 men, 11 on each side. So like, if there is a sport where like a, a championship can't just be a, a single indication of one person's brilliance, it, it's it's like no one ever does that with any other position. Like no one is like, Oh, that left guard won four. He's the best left guard. No one fucking does that with any other position, but it's it's like this fucking horrendous sports talk debate bullshit where everybody has to talk about Brady being the goat. And it, it's just nauseating to me. He's very accomplished. He's the best quarterback ever. but he's also the luckiest quarterback ever, the luckiest player ever, ever to
1: play. That's the thing. I'm not being facetious when I say what's going to be annoying is they are going to do a last dance uh, for Tom Brady. Um, yep. documentary it's going to be 12 part and it's, it's going to be, be made just, by
2: me and it's going to be making all of the fucking <laughs> case that this guy has never gotten better luck than any human being ever to place Which here's
1: the fucking thing how the? and by the way he's never gotten fucking injured that's just luck right and i know he eats avocados a lot but that's he lucky right with,
2: he plays behind the best offensive line his whole career how is that possible he never no injuries but, no, like
1: nothing ever here's, happened here's my question Is Or my point is that I'm not being facetious when I I think you should develop a show or a two-part documentary series called The Lote that does the inverse of what a boring-ass Tom Brady documentary would do, which is what you do. Because even as a – you're a hardcore football fan. I'm a casual observer. I kind of have some memories of his games and like the Super Bowls he played in. If I'm not mistaken, though, fill in the gaps here. He, I think of the iconic victories from Tom Brady's career. About uh, victories, the iconic moments in the Super Bowl he's played in weren't he was never a part of. It's Adam Vinatieri kicks. It's the pick six or the pick on the on the goal oh, line against the Seahawks. Uh, there wasn't an iconic moment in the Chiefs game. I guess maybe that series where they had three PI flags basically in a row that were all. As a as a Chiefs fan, I was like, what is happening? They <laughs> threw them all in a row. They were so not a thing. It felt like the fix was in. Not to mention the difference between 15-6-21-6 six, six is enormous. It should um, it should um, have been 10-6 at halftime. It really should have
2: been 10-6. They you give them the field goal, but then the other two 11 points with the other touchdown that that they gave you you have to take off the board in my opinion and if the if the referees were any set of referees who just had a precedent of letting the team play a little bit they're very 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 tic-tac calls and sure you can make a case that they were calls but you can't to me make a case that a good referee would make those calls in the situations that i was in And again, everybody will call me a hater and I hate that as like the thing that people go to. If you are hating on Tom Brady, Oh, you're just a hater there. It means like there's no precedent behind any of the things that anybody says. It's like, dude, I, I'm admitting he's the best quarterback ever. I'm not saying he's not, but I'm I'm also claiming that he's the luckiest athlete to ever play any sport, not just football, literally the luckiest person ever to play any sport ever. Which
1: I think is a more interesting take. And I, don't think it's fun to just go like, oh, he's the best. Like, we have to just fillet this guy. No, he kisses his son on the lips. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, That's, that takes away four rings. That's really fucking weird. To kiss like, your son so, on the list. And your son is not a one year old infant. Your son's like a 13 year old. It's yeah. weird.
2: So let's go to the first Super Bowl he ever won. Uh, the Patriots beat the Rams. They were like 13 and a half point underdogs because the Rams were the greatest show on turf. The Rams, <laughs> under any other circumstance, sh- should have won the game. Two things happened. One, Bill Belichick's defensive plan in that game was just amazing. But two, people for kind of forget this, but the Spygate aspect of it was that the fucking Patriots filmed the Rams practice. So they had all of their signs. They had their game plan. They knew fucking everything that they, they cheated. They cheated. And when Roger Goodell saw the footage, he he suspended or he, um, he penalized them like a first round pick. And then he, he burned the footage in a dumpster. He fucking caught it on fire. Cause he didn't want anybody to have it, which Wait, is, is like, most. that's a hundred percent real. Um, <laughs> never wanted it to be leaked. Never wanted anybody to know the the benefit that – the exact benefit that the Rams ha- – or that the Patriots had over the Rams. So this historic win, the Patriots won. The, you can argue cheating, and you can also argue that Tom Brady was a very good game manager in that game. But until the last drive where he led him down the field, it's not like he played amazing. And even then, he didn't play amazing. And then t- Venetari won it on a, fi- on a kick. So like – the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl, everybody's going to be like, oh, oh, like you can immediately say. And then also to get to that first Super Bowl was the tuck roll game where he fumbled it and they called it an incomplete pass when it was 100% a fumble, 100 percent of fumble. A hundred on a hundred times. It was the worst call in maybe the history of sports. So all of those circumstances is the first ring. So you can almost just be like, OK, so let's take one away. <laughs> there, the first at least. Ring. <laughs> like, come on. And then it just keeps going after that. It's like. I mean, I I don't want to rehash everything I said in the other podcast, but it's like the Falcons were up 28-3, to and it's like all they had to do was just kick one or two field goals in the second half. If they didn't just completely implode, that game is completely out of reach. The Seattle one where if they ran the ball, it's over, they win. And it's like – I know, it was, I, again. I don't want to rehash everything, but it's like the guy clearly deserves to be a Super Bowl champion. He clearly has played amazing in big moments. This, that, and the other. Not going to take that away from him, but like the circumstances that led him to seven rings is 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 at very least fifty fifty luck, skill, and the fact that people just auto use the seven rings as the the him being the goat as like well he won the goat because he has the most rings it's the laziest argument and I I think it's a dishonest argument and and I think like if you had to explain to me why Tom Brady was the best quarterback ever and I told you you're not allowed to use the rings argument all of a sudden you have a very difficult time explaining to me that he's the best ever other than the fact that he's played until he's 43. That's like really the one thing other than the rings that you can say that makes him the GOAT because at never at any point in his career, was he ever playing the position better than Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Drew Brees even at times. But, Whatever, dude. So
0: Whit, you asked You asked how, oh, first of all, let me say that at some point during that, I went to the bathroom, <laughs> washed my hands, and <laughs> sang the happy birthday song twice while I did it. Um, <laughs> but wh- you asked how did he get so lucky, and I have maybe like two theories on that. The first being that um, he is reincarnated and in a former life he was like a runaway slave that died freeing other slaves so uh, he <laughs> deserves good car yeah or or he was like Anne Frank or Helen Keller somebody who just got fucked from birth right <laughs> so now the universe is making it up to him
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, get to, you get to achieve your dream every yeah. time you want to achieve your dream
0: well I didn't think that until Whitmer said like he still looks he looks better than he did at 23 he still has his hair and that's when I was like oh maybe it's he's not incarnate. even that he
2: just still has his hair his hairline is better now
0: it's yeah better. and then he's married to a, a model who makes more than yeah. him <laughs> yeah, so he could take pay cuts so,
2: his whole career
0: so either that or um or he is he has been living in the movie angels in the end zone for the past like
2: <laughs> 20 years or whatever it is that would make the most sense honestly that one too <laughs> about giselle it's like you know during his career tom brady would always knock off like four four to like eight million off of his annual salary. And everybody's like, Oh my God, he's so selfless. I was like, really? Giselle made $120 million last year. Like he can afford to 5 million that he took off to fucking sign extra people. Like, Yeah. They have
1: generational wealth. Yeah. They have generational
2: wealth. They're, they're not worried about it. Whereas like if you're Patrick Mahomes or maybe he's not a good example because his dad played in the pros, but if you're any other quarterback who didn't come from any money, which let's face it, that's most players in the NFL you are literally obligated to create gener- g- uh, generational wealth in your family within the 5 to 12 years you have in the league. So you have to hardball. You have to take the most money. You have to do whatever you can because this is your chance. This isn't like a CEO position that you can do for 30, 40 years. This is literally like you could one bad injury, you're out of the league. Make as much money as you possibly can in your career. Tom Brady has never had that ever never had that uh pressure he feels a little
1: bit like nick kroll like his dad's a billionaire like (laughs) is that true oh yeah that's true yeah i didn't know that yeah that that goes back to what
2: we were saying earlier you're like you you know and obviously nick kroll's super talented
1: but you're like yeah of course his dad was a billionaire (laughs) peter uh, had a funny tweet where he said uh you know i'd be really good at doing voices too if my dad was a billionaire
0: (laughs) (laughs) well there is like i mean there is something to that like you have tons of time to practice impressions rather than get a summer job
1: that's true there is is truth the the idea that like it's that broader idea that, like, the first generation is working class, the second generation is professional, and the third generation is yeah. artistic class.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's Something like, pr- like that, yeah. Nick Carl had never had any pressure to, like, pay for his UCB school and, like, classes. <laughs> and, like, he had never had to, like, be working at a, you know, wait. Like, that's the thing. Like, we've all been doing stand-up comedy. Like, we've, we've like, not only have been stand-up comedians, we've been fucking waiters and fucking he office... Was- Assistance and like we've we've worked 40 hour jobs while also trying to be stand-up comic if your dad was a billionaire you just didn't have to you didn't have to worry about that shit at all he, you could uh, just focus on comedy. He that's could, it.
1: Uh, wait, he could afford lessons, private lessons from Steve Martin. <laughs> 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 Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. And, of course, the dude's talented. And I'm sure he would probably be the first person to tell you that, you know, he got a break in that regard. And it's not, you know, per se his uh, fault. No
1: one's shitting on anyone except Tom Brady. Y-
2: yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. Going to Brady is like, again, it's like – is fucking lucky as hell. It's the big, it's a big
1: fortunate thing that that's what happened. You know? I genuinely, the only cameo I would consider purchasing would be Tom Brady wishing you a happy birthday. But, dude, you know
2: what? You know what too? This is a thing <laughs> I saw in the, in the preview and the pre uh, pregame show. Tom Brady was talking like it was like a for some reason Nickelodeon is getting in on the NFL. And I think it's because like the NFL is trying to like stay current. and They're afraid of like future generations not watching the game because it's violent or something. So like Nickelodeon is involved with a lot of the pregame shows. And like they even aired a game on Nickelodeon earlier this year where like it was slanted towards children where like there was, you know, uh, slime and stuff. Sliming in the end zone and all this other crazy shit. There was what this year? And yeah, I mean, it was all CG on the screen. It wasn't no, the actual yeah. slime. <laughs> <up>. but, <laughs> like, yeah.
1: but I hear that, and I'm like, well, I might tune into that. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, but uh, in being the pregame, Tom Brady was being interviewed by these two young um, – they, lo- they both appeared to be black to me. I mean, obviously, you know, if you say the wrong thing or whatever. But, yeah, it was like two young black kids, like a 14-year-old black girl and a 13-year-old black kid uh, boy. And they were interviewing Tom Brady – and Tom Brady was like, he had like an accent out of nowhere. He did that like white um, signaling or whatever it's called, where you like act oh, oh, a little Lord. black. When code you're switching. On, like, code switching. And I'm just like, this guy's the phoniest motherfucker ever, dude. <laughs> Let Peyton Manning do that and see if someone doesn't say something. Like he literally just throwing out a little bit of an accent trying to like appeal to yeah, these y'all. Things, black kids. And I'm like, this <laughs> motherfucking phony motherfucking piece of shit, dude. He's like so aware of it all. He's just like fuck that. Yeah, he's like
0: I'm just trying to. He's like yeah, I'm just trying to win the game, not me. Yeah,
1: he has a do rag on. You're like, what is this, dude?
2: Uh-huh.
1: He's he's literally Mitt Romney. Who let the dogs out? Who who? <laughs> oh, I am so badly, Whitmer. What what dream of yours? It would be worth more to you. You. Uh, you know, getting uh, uh, a deal from HBO to develop like two shows, a movie, and two stand up specials over of 10 years, or Tom Brady gets Me too <laughs> Oh my God. How bad is the Me Too? Is it like Harvey Weinstein <laughs> Me Too, or is it like. Oh my God. I'm no, sorry. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Louis. It's a little. It's
2: like Louis ish. So it's like. Yeah, give me HBO then. I want if it was a colossal takedown. If it was like, and <laughs> yeah. then we found out that on the eve of his third Super Bowl, he molested a child. And like, if it was that dirty, I'd be like, all right, give me that.
1: English <laughs> uh, and no. not like you know achieving exorbitant dream success yeah, cause I mean, you know, I could probably
2: make some success happen. yeah, I agree. But, That's with just, true. like with just like the the lightness of my step after knowing that Brady was taken down, you
1: know? <laughs> you think yeah, this is what you're saying. Are you claiming that if Tom Brady got me too'd in a very real way, that that elation and lightness in your step would propel you? to then also get a multi-level deal from HBO. Like you would just like achieve like happiness that you could just get. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. 100%. Which
2: just shows you that Tom Brady lives in my head rent free. And um, (laughs) that this guy's actions can literally affect my demeanor and um, uh, mental health. But you know that's what happens when you ruin someone's sports life for twenty odd years. So that's why that's why I
1: think on, I'm not even fucking around. The loathe should be a, a series, like I like a yeah, two or three that's funny. From like, think about it. What you get people who also know sports and are funny, and like just like shitting, roasting Tom Brady. Would people would want to tune into that? People would want to take this fucker down, like and you, so. I don't know, man. I say we, uh, you know, I say we think about what it would look like developing that.
2: Yeah, I think you would need a lot of, you'd have to afford all of the, um, the footage from like the licensing from the NFL and like CBS and Fox and all the places. So you'd have to have some money behind it for sure. But you couldn't like, there's been mechanisms where like. You know, you've seen documentaries that couldn't get the the footage and shit. So what they did is yeah. they like had someone illustrate it instead. And I just mm-hmm. don't know if that would work out for a documentary like this.
1: Then why don't we shoot reenactments where I play Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. And uh, Christian plays his son, so I get to yeah. kiss, kiss <laughs> I get to kiss Christian on the lips. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
0: that's really that's so fucking funny. It. You should get Tom Brady in it. Like, uh, tell him you're doing a last dance thing (laughs) and interview him for all the stuff. (laughs) Just make sure he doesn't get final cut.
1: But I would would like us to have the interviewer be like Andre, so that Tom Brady's like, "She, what's
0: up, up, man?" (laughs) Like
1: our our friend who's a black guy, like just to see Tom Brady black it up. Did yeah. you ever see
0: Chris Klein's uh, this interview Chris Klein did with like Sway or something or like Hot ninety seven
1: Who is Chris Klein?
0: Chris Klein is the, one of the actors from American Pie. Um, he plays Oz, I don't know, if you saw his face, you would know exactly who it is. Um, he he they they play clips of him. Doing a radio interview at SiriusXM, and he's just talking like, "Yeah, man, I'm really excited about the movie, and it's all good and stuff." And then they played clips of him on like Sway, which is a hip hop or DJ Who Kid or whoever it was, and he's like, "Yeah, man, that dog. I'm telling you, bro. Like, he got black, and it was so. It's like one of the cringiest things I've ever seen in my life. It's so bad.
2: Oh uh, yeah.
0: Just check that out on YouTube if you
2: can." Yeah. yeah. Anyway, guys, I got a – Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, All great, right. Great episode, Wade. Thank you for yes, uh Yes, thank you for that. Yeah. We'll talk more about yeah. Brady next week.
2: Any we uh, plugs? Yeah, YouTube, guys. Uh, Nick Whitmer, youtube.com slash Nick Whitmer. Subscribe, please. I really could use the subscribers.
1: Nick Whitmer on YouTube. I'm giving my plug to Whitmer for <laughs> that uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, soliloquy, anti-soliloquy yeah. of Brady.
0: Uh, I'll give mine to Whitmer as well. Nick Whitmer on YouTube, oh, Hungry Wit. Check them all out.
1: What all of, right, guys. This is the episode Wit got forty eight thousand. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> 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 Shit. Fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much right. for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Peace.